What's up, y'all? Clint Sparks here, and I'm with the Real Life Street Stars family having a dope conversation. If you want to learn how to be dope and do dope shit and have a dope life, then you need to rock with us. Get familiar. Uh, I'm a Grammy-nominated, multi-platinum producer, songwriter, DJ, sold over 80 million records, worked with everybody from Rick Ross to 2 Chainz to T.I., Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kanye, Ludacris, Akon, Pitbull, Big Sean, uh, Beyonce, Lady Gaga. Um, I, I discovered and signed DJ Snake, if you know who he is. Uh, Introducing a Little John, we turned down for what, all those records popped off. Uh, you know, I was part of Eminem Shade 45, I was P. Diddy's tour DJ. I built the world's biggest mixtape website. It was called MixUnit.com. Um, on and on and on. So like I've done, I've built a multiple multi-million dollar businesses and brands and broke a lot of artists. So uh, you should probably listen to what I have to say when it comes to winning in the music business. Plan. If you don't have a plan, then how, it's like with anything in life, if you're building a house, you can't build the house without having the blueprint for it first. So you must do the same thing with your life. Everyone's so focused on their business, or let's just use music as an example. I'm gonna to go to the studio, I'm gonna cut this record, I'm gonna you know, shoot a video, then I'm gonna figure out a way to market it and get it online so I can all of a sudden have a million new fans tomorrow, right? So like, first of all, people don't even build a solid plan for that. That's just an idea, that's not a plan, right? But the same way you try to build plans for business or making money is the same way you have to do with your life. And a lot of people don't. People just kinda of like, their life is like a leaf blown in the wind and they just kind of react to how the circumstances of their life uh, show up, as opposed to going back to building the, designing your life the way you want it to be. And most people are so busy trying to like chase money or be successful or look dope out to the world, they don't apply that same intensity or passion or care to their actual life. So that's why you always see people complaining about their lives, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> because it's like, oh, I don't have enough money or, you know, my girl, or I ain't fucking with this, and like, damn, these fuck my friends, and like, whatever it is, it's like, nah, because you ain't focusing on building this the same way you're caring about building this, which you're not even doing right either. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Jay-Z just recently um, went on, uh, I forgot which platform it was, but there was this whole thing about uh, dinner with Jay-Z or 500K. Mm -hmm. um, and even Jay-Z said, I will take the 500K. Right. Um, I got to get your thoughts on that because I feel like, you know, your career started with, you know, building networks and having, uh, you know, relationships mm -hmm. versus paying your way to get in more mm -hmm. so. What are your thoughts on that as far as, you know, you, let's say you have 100K on you already, you're successful in what you do. Do you want to have a sit down with Jay-Z or do you want to have just another 500K in your pocket? What I would do is my first thought would be, what can I do? that would make Jay-Z want to have dinner with me. So that's what I'd focus on. I built my whole career that way. Even when I was coming up as a mixtape DJ, people would say, yo, why don't you hit up Clue or Who Kid and do a mixtape together? And I was like, this is when I was, they were already on before me, right? And I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna make shit so dope that they want to do something with me. Because hey. uh, at that point, I can't really add value to them. They got a bigger audience than me. And that's what people do too, is they're like, Yo, if I hook up with this person, it'll be popping. Or this thing signs me, I'll, I'll, be, I'll make us millions of dollars. And it's like, first of all, it's not realistic. Second of all, it's just your own personal opinion. 
And third of all, like, how? Did you make the plan that we just talked about? Is it just an idea? Is it just your personal taste of yourself? Is it your own personal opinion? Or do you have stats and metrics to support that? When you walk up to Jay-Z and say, here's why you should do a deal with me, right? Not because, yo, because I'm the dopest in the street. Yo, because I got this or I think that I'm going to be this if, if only I had this. And it's like, nah, man, like, that's not real. You need to walk up and say, here is why you need to do business with me and here's why you're going to benefit from being down with me. So that was my whole approach when I was coming up in the music business. I never asked for favors. I never walked up and said, can you do this for me? I walked into Def Jam and Interscope and all these record labels as a, a nobody white kid from Boston that would shovel snow, make enough money to put gas in my car, drive to New York, stand out there, hey man, you work here at the record label? Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, why, what's up? And I had 10 seconds to tell you why I'm dope enough to go to your office. And then when I got to your office, I'd make you feel like if you don't fuck with me or get familiar with me, then you're doing a disservice to yourself. But in order to have that kind of confidence, is you have to have a plan. You can't get on, a, on the field or the court in basketball and think you're the shit if you don't know the plays, if you don't know your opponents, if you don't practice enough to know how to, you know, how to sit crossover. So it's like you can't just walk up there and be like, yo, I'm the nicest out here and have that confidence without knowing you put in the work and the practice and you have the stats to back that up. So I'm curious, um, do you feel like someone or from the success stories you hear, even your own, do you feel like someone has to hit like rock bottom to understand what true, let's say, success is or, or to make it or have appreciation for uh, making it or getting into the doors? I don't know if I feel like people have to do that. I think, you know, everyone's built different, right? So everybody has their own path and their own, you know, hurt and pain and vulnerabilities and passions. So, you know, a, a broke kid from the hood and a rich kid from the suburbs could both have the same hurt, but just from different reasons that gives them the same drive to want to win, right? So I don't think it's just this, right? You know, because, you know, you see people, there's also people in the streets that are just like entitled dickheads that think they, <laughs> that they deserve dope shit, be, maybe just because they're from the streets, right? And it's like, nah, man, you got to prove yourself. There could be a rich kid whose dad, you know, works at J.P. Morgan, thinks he's the shit because his dad's got a bunch of money. He's on a yacht and he's out here flossing like he did all this work and that guy's a fucking idiot, right? So like every, look at, I look at the world as like, you're either cool or you're a shit bag. It's like, there's, there's nothing else. Right? Very simple, yeah. It's one or the other. And, what, and there's like so many dynamics to being cool and so many dynamics to being a shit bag. Um, but it's like, you know, basic principles, like treat people how you want to be treated, have respect, you know, understand how to network, how to communicate, how to follow up, respect other people's time and space, you know, and have patience. Patience is one of the greatest virtues that most people don't. They want to be famous overnight. And most people are chasing fame. And what they don't understand is, you know, famous doesn't make you great, but great can make you famous. Hey. So if you focus on being great, and that doesn't just mean a great rapper, a great producer, or whatever it is, that means how you treat people. It means how you follow up, how you conduct business, how you treat yourself. You know, you people go. disrespect themselves a lot. And it's like, I, there's people that I'm like, man, this dude can't, doesn't even have the willpower to not do this dumb shit. How could I get into business with a guy like that that's disrespecting himself? If he's going to disrespect himself, he's absolutely going to disrespect me or opportunities that I bring to the table. So you have to be mindful of that. Did you have any vices yourself that you had to cut off? In um, order the, to only, the only, yeah, well, I guess 
I was big on, I was addicted to sugar. It's got to get you. We grew up on fucking Hostess and Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? So, um, so that, but I guess like short of that, the other advice I had when I was, um, you know, a resident DJ in Vegas for many years, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I don't run around and like go to strip clubs and stuff like that. So like my advice came gambling. So I'm like, I'm, I'm losing 20 grand, winning oh, 20 wow. grand, losing 40 grand. So, and it's like this up and down roller coaster of emotions. Actually, I never talked about that publicly either. Yeah, like, yeah. That was a, I went through a gambling like kind of addiction for like two years. So and I remember it was, I remember what made me stop was it was like two weeks before Christmas and two weeks in a row I lost $25,000 back to back. And I was, it made me sick to my stomach because I was thinking, all I was thinking was, how many people I could have saved with that 50 grand? How many people like are struggling and I just fucking blew 50 grand? I could have went to 50 families, gave them a thousand bucks and changed their fucking life. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. I literally stopped. Yeah. Oh, you know, one thing I realized about myself is whenever I, I recognize something, I can stop like that. There you go. So like cold so turkey, when I, when I was overweight, because I was eating like shit because I'm just a DJ wearing, you know, we're wearing 5X t-shirts and jerseys, <laughs> yeah. making beats in my bedroom. I don't care what I look like, right? And then when I got on E! News as a host, the first time I see myself on TV, I was like, holy shit, I look like a slob. <laughs> Caught in 4K. Like, yeah, like, dude, I would eat fried chicken and brownie blast sundaes and sugared iced tea and soda and every day. And overnight, I cut out sugar, carbs, everything bad. I would literally eat... Uh, two scrambled eggs with spinach and tomatoes in the morning, six rolled up pieces of turkey for lunch, and for dinner I'd have a small piece of chicken breast with broccoli. And, I, and, and since 08, even today, since 08, I only drink water. Oh, so I've never man. put any other liquid in my body. So, and that's why even at my age, like I, I'm active, I'm agile, I can still do a flip. I, like I do all the stuff that be like, what the fuck? What are you, 22? And it's like, nah, man, you just don't, going back to disrespecting yourself. Yeah. Like smoking, doing drugs, doing all this whack ass shit. Like what I'm not gonna drink a, a quart of motor oil. I'm not gonna eat rat poison. So why would I sit there and smoke a cigarette or why would I drink Coca-Cola or like something that's just like it's not doing anything good for me. Very true. Very so like true. it starts with caring about yourself and what's good for me before you start doing internally, before you start worrying about what's good for me externally. Very because true. you know, going out to the world and, and looking for things to validate you, like, because I got these numbers, because I have these followers, because I, you know, opened this business, you're like, tr you're seeking things to validate you to being dope, as opposed to building a dope you so that everything you do is now dope because it's coming from this dope. Oh, man. I'm curious, uh, on your... Uh let's say gambling addiction, was it more so <laughs> the money? I don't want to call it addiction, just doing your gambling stint. Uh, Were you more so, uh, was it just the feeling of winning or just actual money you were getting that? No, I, it was just something, to, I had the money. So it was just, it was just, it was just something to do. Oh. I'm in Vegas, I'm by myself. That's true. Cause I, I'm not, again, I'm not running. When I, dude, <laughs> when I go and shut down the club and I do my job, like afterwards, I'm not partying, I'm not, in the VIP, I'm not popping bottles. I'm not like, where's all the chicks at? Let's go to my hotel suite. Like, 
although I did have a giant suite and it was open to everybody to come and you know, I'd come out of my bedroom from drinking tea and see Nipsey Hussle there or oh, you know, like everybody would be in my suite partying. I'd be in my room with the doors closed watching a movie, drinking tea. Like, oh, I wanted to make sure everybody else was having fun. Right? That just wasn't my kind of fun. So I had like nothing else to do. Fun to me was working. There you and go. it's funny because people would always be like, man, you work so much. When do you take a break? I'm like, I found the thing that I love so much that I don't ever want to leave it to go f do something else that I want to do. There you and go. that's, to me, that's the perfect life. It goes back to your first question, you know, is it a plan, is it an idea, like what makes you happy? And it's like, find the thing that you actually love to do. I was fortunate enough to find that at like 10 years old. There's people that are still like, I'm not sure what I want to do, especially with the internet telling you everything that you should be doing or, or making you feel like by the time you're 22, you should be a billionaire with six Lambos in a mansion while you sit on the beach making passive income. It's just like, it's just full of shit. Yeah, it's full of shit and it's like, you know, people that believe it, it's just whack. Like I want to let people know out here, like the shit is fucking, it's whack. They're scamming you, they're lying. The internet just lies. It's lying to you all day. And you're just accepting lies and you're letting it throw up all over you all day. And like, you don't understand subconsciously and mentally and emotionally what it's doing to you. And you know, younger people, they don't understand why they're so depressed. They don't understand why they're lost. They don't understand why they're not as successful as they think they should be because the internet's telling you you should be. And then it's fucking them up because they think they're losers and not on the path that they should be on because I'm looking at this guy who's 19, who's got all the coolest sneakers and da da da. It's like, you don't know his fucking story, man. He's full of shit. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, just put the work in. Do you feel like social media has kind of messed us up to where now we're seeing, like you said, you can actually paint a facade to where this guy is the same age as me in the same city as me, but he looks like he's doing better than me. And maybe he might be messed up, but someone will internalize that and put that into their regular world. And now they might go through, let's say, you know, depression or make a bad decision trying to catch up. Yeah, you know, everybody has their own superpower. The problem is most people want somebody else's so badly, they never take the time to discover their own. So, you know, they're all looking out here like, I want to be like that guy. Like, oh man, look what that dude, if I just do this, I can have that too. But you don't know all the intricacies. You don't know all the details. All you know is the lie that this person is portraying that makes it appear that they have all these things or how easily they got these things. And like, look at, nothing works out unless you put the work in. So going back to the first thing, like just focus on being great. How do you think you can discover your superpower? Spending time with yourself, um, think, looking at the world, not, not through the lens of the lies of the internet, but actually going out into the world and living and experiencing. You can't put an old head on young shoulders, right? So, you know, you, you can't, experience is the number one thing for you to be able to understand how to actually do things great. And people think they go to one conference or read a book or do a course or watch one interview like this. And like, ah, oh, I got it figured out. This guy just gave me some gems. Now I know what to do. Nah, you don't. <laughs> you got some ideas that you now have to make a plan that fits you. My plan might not fit your plan, right? It's, we're different people with different backgrounds and different mentalities and, and emotions, right? So like, I don't get emotional. I've removed my emotions from how I operate and how I conduct myself as a business and a brand. Clinton Sparks 
the person has been Clinton Sparks the brand since 2000. Before everybody was talking about personal brands. You know, people used to laugh at me, especially in the music industry, like, what do you mean you're a brand? You're a fucking DJ. And I'd be like, nah, get familiar, Clinton Sparks, get familiar. Got my tagline, got my brand name. So I removed myself from being myself and becoming the president of Clinton Sparks. Therefore, if people were like, yo, your shit is dope, I was never like, hell yeah, everybody fucks with me. Or if someone was like, fuck you, you're whack, I wasn't emotionally bothered by that because I looked at it from the lens of being the CEO of this company. So now I can say, okay, now I have market research and case studies. This many people like what I'm doing, great. I need to do more of that. These people don't like it. Let me see how I can adjust my company to make these people like me more. So I've always had like built-in customer service, built-in like executive way of thinking, but that also comes from, you know, somebody might be watching now and be like, yeah, of course, because this and that, and they'll come up with reasons on why I think this way. But bro, when I was young, I was born broke, my father was an alcoholic, I was bullied, I was sexually abused in my home for many years. Like, I didn't, it, my life wasn't it, right? It was a whack life. And, you know, lived in the streets, became a criminal, robbed houses, stole cars, like did all the whack shit that I'm not proud of, right? But that was me trying to survive because I didn't know any other way. Like, there wasn't any mentors or role models that could say, here's what you should do, here's how you should treat girls. Here's how you should treat yourself. I literally had to learn from the streets. Like how? And the reason I learned, because I did what I see most people don't do, when the streets talk, I listen. And most people don't listen. And they keep asking fucking questions or keep searching for these answers for things on how to have a better life or blaming the circumstances in which they're in on why they are who they are. As opposed to saying, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be like that. That's going back being with yourself. Okay, well, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? What do I want people to think about when they think about me? Why would people want to fuck with me, right? Not, and most people fool themselves to think they want to fuck with me because I got money, right? Or because I'm successful. Nah, more people will fuck you because you're a good human being, because of what you do for the world, how you treat people. Like, man, let me ask you a question. If, if you had two parents in your home, which unfortunately I didn't, I don't know about you guys, but if you seen your dad every morning wake up and give his wife a kiss, slow dance with her in the kitchen sometimes, hear him compliment that, would that not change your ways of how you would treat women? Right? Okay, so you can look out in the world and listen. You want to know how to treat a woman? Listen to women. They'll tell you. Listen to them talk to other women. I don't like this, I hate when he does that, I want a man that does that, da da da. There's the fucking blueprint. You just learned it, but you're too dumb to fucking listen. Instead, you're making excuses on why they're complaining or why I'm not acting this way. You made that dumb decision. The answers are there. Life is easy, people make it hard. What advice would you give someone who complains too much? <laughs> I see you were waiting and you were sitting like, when he's done, I'm going to ask this question. <laughs> uh, I would say get to the root of your complaining of what, it is that, what the problem is that you're complaining about. Because now it goes back even onefold. Everybody wants to be a boss. Everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to be, you know, El Chapo, right? And it's like, cool, all right. Well, the first thing you have to do when you're going to be a leader is take responsibility for everything that goes wrong around you. Because when you own the problem, 
now you own the fix. So you get to fix it because you accepted that you broke it. So if you're arguing with your friend, your business partner, your wife, whatever it is, and it's not going anywhere, then you have to say, all right, you know what? I'm the reason why this isn't being resolved. So therefore, let me figure out what I'm doing wrong. How am I not listening right? How am I not conveying my message right? How am I not understanding what's triggering her? She obviously gets mad every time I do this thing. So who's the fucking idiot? Her getting mad or me doing the same thing she gets mad at, right? So if you're such a boss and you claim to be such a leader or you aspire to be such a leader, it starts with leading yourself to, to being, having leadership qualities, which is like, all right, clearly we're not getting along. Clearly we're not on the same page. Most people will say, well, if you didn't do that or if you change this and if you stopped doing that, it wouldn't piss me off and we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be fighting. But if you know that and you clearly have the blueprint of what's getting you to this same negative result, you've got the fucking answers of how to fix it. So be the fucking leader you claim you are and assume responsibility for the broke, the brokenness of it and get to fixing and shut the fuck up. Stop complaining. That's the real answer. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you are a man of many talents. You've pursued different career paths throughout your life. What do you say to someone who may have a multitude of talents or enjoys multiple things? You may enjoy rapping and be good at it, but you also may love interior designing yeah. and be good at that too. Do you think that it's important to pursue all of them at the same time, or do you think hey, focus on one thing, let that get you to this level before you try to pursue other talents, gifts, or things that make you happy? Well, you're asking the right guy the right question. Someone that is someone that does a lot of things and has a lot of talents. But before I answer that question, are you guys a couple? This is my husband. You guys are a couple. Oh, so when you were looking at him, when I was saying that, were you looking at him or him? About the... About, yeah, being together. in a relationship, yeah. I was looking at him. Okay, yeah, because she gave you like, hmm, see, yeah. like I've been saying. They, they've known each other for 30 plus years, yeah. so he's like a brother to me. Okay, and got so, it. so, you know, I can look at him and be like, hey. Oh, so then you, that was you like, see, I told you, you yeah, better start treating your girl better. Yeah, there were problems happening, so it's like, hey, hopefully he took that piece of advice. Um, so when I was young, I wanted to do everything. And it's funny because people would always, when I'm young, people say, what do you want to be when you get older? And I used to think, why do I only have to choose, get to choose one thing? Uh, right? And I never understood why. It was always, what do you want to be? I don't want to just be one thing. Right? So it's, it's a gift and a curse. Because my innate ability to do a lot of things well was born out of my having to do things for myself to survive. To, to grow, to evolve, to build. So I had to learn how to be a good marketer because I have to market myself. I had to be a good speaker with customer service because I had to talk to people on why they should fuck with me. I had to become a good producer. I had to become a good artist. I had to become a good performer. I had to be all of these things so I couldn't just do one because I had no one around to help me do the other things. So I didn't even know that there are other departments or other people that could help. I just assumed I had to do it all. So because of that, young, I learned how to do a lot of things. Like I can listen and write and think. I got a promotions company, I'm, I'm doing this, da da da. And it's like when they walk in a room and they try to impress you by telling you all the things they're doing, anybody that's successful isn't gonna say, wow, you do a bunch of shit. 
they're going to say, yo, you're all over the place. I don't even know what you do or what I'm supposed to like, like about you. You're just a clusterfuck of what the fuck, right? So I'm lost. So I would advise anybody that has a bunch of ideas or wants to do a bunch of things is to pick the one that you think you're strongest at and the one that when that works, it can uplift the other stuff. Focus on that one because you're going to open up more doors and more opportunities. And what you don't understand is as you're becoming successful at that one thing and building a stellar reputation for that one thing, people are going to become connected to you, going to have a network, relationships that, look at Kanye West couldn't have put out 808 and Heartbreak's his second album. We would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm telling you. We want more of that. Ah, fuck. We thought he was going to give us more of that. We're out. Yeah. Right? He had to sell you on who he is, what he is. What you knew what to expect when you were going to hear Kanye and you related and you connected to it. Then, when he goes and tries to experiment with something else, you went from being all over the place to a fucking genius now. Because now people say, oh shit, you can do that too? Yeah. But when you're trying to stuff too much that too at one time, I don't even know what I'm supposed to catch. It's too much shit. You're throwing. It's like being in a money machine where all the money, <laughs> you, now you're catching none of it. Because it's too much being thrown at you. But if you threw one water cash at me, psh, word, I got a stack. You know what I'm saying? So. Same thing with, with, with what you're doing with your life. Like, do this one thing great. It also shows that you're disciplined, you're committed, and you know how to build something, right? And so then when you do something else, people, I mean, I've got this all the time. I, I'll go into meetings, and I, this, by the way, I had to train myself to do this because I was that guy when I was young. I'd go into record labels and be like, and I do, and I do, and I, and I can do this, and I can do. When I went into, when I got signed to Interscope Records as an artist, they gave me a, an artist deal, a production deal, and a marketing deal, and four deals they offered me. Because they were like, yo, he's an artist we can sign, he can produce for our other artists, he can help build up marketing campaigns for our other artists. Like, they didn't even let me leave until they, they, I, I was willing to sign a deal. Jeez. But, and so then I'm like, see, it works. They see all the magic of me, right? But that doesn't work everywhere. And like, I, I promise, there's somebody watching right now saying, fuck that dude. I'm going to do all the shit that I want to do, right? I'm going to do it all. I know how to do it. And watch, come back to me in five or 10 years and tell me how that worked out. Because I guarantee 99% of you do not have the capacity or the ability to be able to do five things really well and grow them all at the same time and make everybody believe in all five things. It's just not possible. You have to do one thing super dope. And then when everyone's like, he's fucking dope as shit as that, then you can say, oh, by the way, I do this thing too. Or just fucking do it. Don't even tell them you do it. Do something else dope. Make them discover it on their own and make them say, what the fuck, man? I was online and I seen that you did. And he's like, yeah, it's just another thing I do. And I'm like, fuck, man, your shit is crazy. That's the way to penetrate. Words to live by. Words to live I'm by. A long ass elaborate. No, no, I love Sorry. it. Words to live Does this by. this get edited? Yeah, well, words to live by. Yeah, we're going to chat this all the way up. All um, right. So let's talk music then. Um, uh, and before we even go deep into music, um, I got to get your thoughts on what do you consider a legend in the music business? What criteria do you feel when someone gets the word legend put on their uh, title? Um, consistency, quality um, are the two things I look at as a legend. Everyone out here throws the term legend and goat. Yeah. For people that have been around for two years, like, <laughs> do you put out one album, you're a goat? Like, come on, dude. Like, a goat is someone that has shown they can withstand and uh, sustain a level of success despite uh, 
uh, turmoil, despite maybe one flop project, despite controversy, I'm still here, right? So you look at Jay-Z and all the shit that he went through, legend, right? Like, I'm still here. They tried to stop me. They tried to put me in jail. You know, people would try to hate on me. And then, you know, people like that, someone like Drake, you know, whether you like him or not, it's legendary, it's go. Like, I'm still here, despite people talking shit, despite one audience saying, ah, you worrying about girls too much, or, you know, look, look at the beginning. People would shit on him because of Degrassi High. Yeah. Or, you know, then he had so many phases where people, people are always looking for a reason to knock you down or to f poke holes in what's great about you. And the people that, that do that are the people that don't have that kind of greatness. So great doesn't hate on great. You never see other great people shitting on other great people. They honor and respect because they know what it takes to be great. So they know what this person's doing to be great. So why would they shit on the work and the effort that they put in to become great? Only people that are not great shit on great. Let's stay on Drake for a second. Um, I think he's just now aboard. I think he just passed uh, the most number ones uh, outside of Michael Jackson. Um, you being a DJ, uh, what are your thoughts on the Drake effect? Like what he's done with music and how he just, you know, you hear the stories of ghostwriting and how he's able to uh, go across genres, going from acting. Um, can this be replicated? Like, No, so the Drake effect, uh, the way I see the Drake effect is how I see anything that works in life, is he did what he wanted to do that mattered to him the way he wanted to do it from the beginning. And look at the result. A lot of people wanting to do what Drake does. And that is what I implore anybody to do, is find what makes you dope, what makes you original. The problem is, Everybody out here is, it worked for him. Let me do that too. Let me start singing and rapping, you know, back when he came on. Let me sing. It's like, bro, just fucking do your shit. Yeah. Like he did his shit, despite people shitting on it. Yeah. Despite a bunch of people passing on signing him at the beginning. This is what I want to do. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And that originality and that ability to stick to what you want to do, do when you do what you want to fucking do, there's an audience for everybody. Stop chasing somebody else's audience. There's an audience for you out there that's gonna like what you like to do. So just do what you like to do and, and have the patience to build and develop the audience and let them find you. It's consistency, it's quality, it's originality, and that always works through the test of time. If you go to the greatest, from an Alfred Hitchcock to a Walt Disney to a Tom Brady to a Jay-Z, they did it their way despite people talking shit. And it always works. And the people that talk shit are the ones that could never do what the fuck they do. They don't have the passion, the commitment, or they haven't even found what they, they know they can be great at. So what's the easiest thing to do? Blame other people, knock other people down, talk negative about other people. It's much easier to do that than to put your fucking head down and block away all the other hate that you're gonna have for doing what you wanna do, stay committed, focus, and work for the next five fucking 10 years to make that shit happen. Anybody, not everyone can do that. That's why there's way more losers than winners. Because a winning mentality is a fucking sustaining mentality. It's a lonely mentality. It's a disciplined, committed mentality. It's like, I ain't got time to go do that dumb shit. I gotta fucking work. When I was young, I didn't go to parties. People call me all the time. You know what I did? The joke from my friends was, Clint's gotta go make the beats. 
<laughs> Nobody would even ask me to go out anymore because they knew after school I was going home to watch Yo! MTV raps and make beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, they knew I was fucking committed. And as much as people would make fun of me when I was young, you better believe when I went to my 10-year high school reunion, everybody's like, we knew you were going to do it. You've always been special. Stayed in the house making those. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but like, not everybody has that thing that they want to do. So everyone's like, all right, since I don't have it, I'm going to just see the thing that's working for someone else and just try to do that. Yeah. But stop. Sit and figure out what your thing is. And by the way, it doesn't have to be fucking famous. Everybody wants to be famous. Maybe you're a dope plumber. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you're the fucking greatest fucking manager. You don't know. Like, but because you're out here chasing things that aren't, weren't meant for you. Not everyone's built to be a leader. Not everyone's built to be famous. Not everyone's built to be a rapper. We all know, not everyone's built to be a rapper. Nobody yeah. <laughs> else should stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, figure some, be a rapper's manager. You know what I mean? You go. Figure out how to do marketing. You don't have to rap to be in the business of hip hop. You can be, figure there's other jobs. There you go. Figure out what else you might be great at. This ain't for you, bro. So I got to get your thoughts then um, because Drake did mention this when he dropped the For All the Dogs album. Joe Budden made a comment. Uh, Drake had wrote a long letter to him uh, mm -hmm. under Academics page saying that, um, you know, he started off by saying, Joe Budden, you failed at music. And then he went off to, you know, say some other things like, I have a 757, you just have a nice house in New Jersey. Um, and a lot of people looked at that a lot of different ways, like, you know, to say someone failed at music, but he's successful in podcasting. Is it, should you point shame at someone's failure in one thing versus, you know, giving gratitude to, or, you know, pointing out someone's successes in another? I personally, um, again, I remove my emotions from stuff, so I personally wouldn't be bothered by somebody that had something um, dumb to say about my work. Um, if they said something that mischaracterized me, oh, there you go. Um, that, would, that would be something of concern. Uh, but if you're talking shit about my work or something, it's like, all right, that's your opinion. Like, I appreciate and respect your opinion. I'll try to make something next time that maybe you like. Yeah, like you failed at beatboxing. Uh, and I, no, I never. No, I didn't fail at beatboxing yeah, right, because it's it, like if someone were to say it. But, like, it, but I wasn't. I wasn't chasing that. You know what I mean? It's like I, like you, I failed at eating because I went on a diet. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh, so. Um, so I personally, if you want me to answer it specifically or just generally about the concept, or, are you trying to get a soundbite for Joe Budden and Drake? Uh, <laughs> I might you, title it. I might title. I might put Drake in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, good. You can get that for the, the, the clickbait, but yeah. I'm going to give the good. There you go. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, when you remove emotion uh, from your business, uh, things don't affect you because you're focused on doing business. And if somebody does say something that is, is negative towards your work, um, if you care about your audience, which I'm sure uh, anyone that's building a business would care, then you would take that in consideration um, if there was enough of those people saying this specific thing that might be negative, you take that in consideration on, on the work that you're doing or uh, to make sure that you can you know, serve them well um, too. But I, uh, I don't think that somebody that was successful at something and then it's run its course is failing at it. I think that you know, it's a revolving door. Yeah. Success is a revolving door. And just because you were great at one thing doesn't mean that's the only thing you're great at and it doesn't mean that's the only thing 
you should just focus on, right? So like maybe, maybe being successful at music opened the door for you to now become a successful actor. And now you want to pursue acting because maybe there's more money or you found out I enjoy doing this more or you don't want to deal with the bullshit of going to the studio and recording anymore. So did you fail at music now or did you level up to something that makes you happier? There you go. Right? So to me, you know, if you be specific about Joe Budden, I for sure don't look at Joe Budden as failing at music at all. I look at him like he's had more success than 99% of people that are trying <laughs> to make it music. There you go. Right? And that's honorable. And if he's found a better career path, um, then that's leveling up. That's, that's, <laughs> that's evolving into bigger, better wins. Exactly. So if that's failing, then he failed up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, even staying in that area with uh, Drake on his new album, um, he did put a young guy on named Tizo Touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, um, he, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but you know, he wears like nails in his hair. Yeah. Uh, he, and like you said, he's committed yeah. to this. And then he did, he's doing something to where he has found, now found success. Um, when you look at situations where someone is just being different as an artist, would you sign someone who, like let's say they're not buzzing yet, but they are just different and they look committed to whatever it is. Would you say, I'll sign that based on a commitment alone? Uh, he has to have talent too, but yeah. would you sign someone that's just an outlier like that? Yes. Uh, in fact, I always, my approach when I would go into studios to work with artists or even other producers is one of the first things I would always say is, play me the, the weirdest beat you've ever made. Play me something you think nobody will get or understand. I want to hear that shit. Don't play me what you think is fire. Play me what you're insecure about or play me what you're not sure about. And that's how I approached everything in the music business because most people that want to experiment or do something that's true to them, they're insecure about it. That's what I want to, to hear because I want to help bring that out of you. So if, when I find an artist that's committed to what they are, even if, even if it's a gimmick, then one, it shows their discipline to being committed to that thing. And two, it's interesting and different, which I'm a fan of. I'm a huge fan of shit that's like, this makes no sense, but this is, I mean, I've done it. Like, even when I put out my record Gold Rush with Two Chains and Macklemore, Macklemore was new on the scene. He wasn't in like the streets hip hop at all. And the streets hip hop wasn't up on Macklemore like that. So when I made this record that sounded almost rock with live drums, and I get him on it, and then I get two chains on it, on paper it doesn't make sense, right? And everybody would even say, what a weird combination. And then I go and get Tommy Lee from Motley Crue to play the drums. To me, that's fucking dope, and that is diversity. And diversity is in my DNA. I'm always trying to figure out how can I make it on paper the, the most nonsensical, but then when you hear it, you're like, this is fucking dope. Who thought about doing something like this? And that's me. So. That's how I approach things on. Many artists I've sat with and I've heard their music that was super dope, but I'm, I'm never based like I want to work with them because this is fire or they got numbers. I want to sit with them for a couple hours and get to know them because like I said, either they're cool or they're a shithead. And if you're a shithead, I don't care how dope your music is, I'm not fucking with you. You know how many artists in my career that I would see get signed to labels and everyone's on their nuts because they're the hot new person, they got the hot new record out, and I meet them and I'm like, yeah, they won't be around next year. Oh, and they're wow. not. Like, all the time. I don't, I'm thinking, I'm, I think I'm 100 for 100. Wow. I so, don't think there's one artist that I met with that, I, that I've said they won't be around next year, that proved me wrong. And this is not the, I'm, I was gonna already ask this question before you said that, but when you walk into a room and someone says, 
what happened to Macklemore? Mm-hmm. What would you be? What would, what is your answer to that? That he's become very successful and he's selling out shows all around the world, and you not knowing what happened to him means you're not up on what fucking winning is. There you go. There you go. I I, I want to ask you as far as even your DJ and producing, what do you get more of a personal high from? Uh, producing a record, hearing it, you know, chart, you know, hearing on the radio, or or DJing a club where you're, you know, basically you're the life of the party. Um, what do you get more of a personal high from? They're different feelings. It's like, what do you get more joy out of having a bag of chips or eating pasta? You yeah. know what I mean? They serve yeah. two different purposes at two different times, yeah. right? So if I'm like really hungry, man, I can go for some pasta or I'm watching the game and I want some chips. I'm not going to throw pasta in my mouth while I'm watching a, a game, right? <laughs> so they serve two different purposes. Um, so D- DJing is great to, you know, as a DJ, your job is to evoke an emotion, right? And you can see it in real time. So when you walk in, for the most part, people are there to have a good time, release stress, hear some hot music, find fucking someone to take home, right? So it's like your job there is to elevate that and give them what they came there to do, which is how you build your brand, right? There you go. Most people are going like, ah, I'm going to do it. There's two, there's two problems that happen with DJs. One. They either cater too much to the crowd that they're not dope, right? Because you're, you're not even being an individual or somebody that this is why they're dope. Like you're a jukebox, right? Or you're so like, I ain't doing it. I'm just doing me. That it's like, <laughs> that it's just kind of like, dude, they didn't come here for you. <laughs> you got to give them enough of you and, and enough of what they want at the same time. So as a DJ, I get the fulfillment of being able to get real time feedback and, and understanding of what it's like to control a room or a crowd and get them to do what you need to do. As a producer, the joy in seeing the success of that is, um, one, the artist that liked it in the first place, and then you, two, all of the effort behind it to make it be the success that it is, and then the audience and talking about like I, I did a record called Down in the Dirty for, for Ludacris, Rick Ross, and Bun B, and like, I, I, just did a, I just did a speaking engagement the other day and we did a breakdown of how I made that record happen, how Luda didn't see it. He didn't see the vision of how to make the record and I, what I had to do to make it happen. And like, when they just played the beat by itself, everybody was bugging out on the beat, right? And like, oh my God, when, when I was younger, that beat, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize the beat had that much effect on people. So when you hear stuff like that, I mean, the, the, the thing I get the most joy from, though, is the songwriting, because the songwriting is coming from my real life experience. Oh. So the art of songwriting is being able to write what's real for you, but then being able to also mold it a little bit so that it connects and relates to the masses. Yeah. And what's real to a real human is going to be real to most other humans. Right? Everybody has heartache, everybody wants to be heard, everybody wants love, everybody has tough times, everybody hates their boss, right? everybody has hurt and pain. So like those records are always going to work. You just got to figure out, like Drake, how to say the same thing a hundred thousand times, but say it differently. Man, uh, and as we get close to the end of this, um, you, you, made, you wrote a book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, how to be successful in the music business. How to win big in the music business. How to win big in the music business. Um, so I want to get your thoughts because we're in Dallas, and Dallas has a few stars, but there's a lot of rising stars coming. Um, I believe uh, Dre's, uh, the nightclub Dre's is going to be in Dallas in late 2024, uh, so it might even boost the music scene here a little mm-hmm. crazier. 
we have artists like Big X the Plug. Um, I don't know if you heard of him, but he's kind of uh, breaking his ground right now. How would you tell an artist in a location like Dallas or let's say um, even lesser cities um, how to win big in the music business? Uh, if you could just give an overall yeah. uh, summary of how they could do it. How an independent unsigned artist can win big in the music business no matter what city or country or area you're in. The first thing I would say is go get my free book um, uh, on my Instagram page. The link's in my bio. The book is free. It'll teach you everything you need to know. You don't even have to go to music school, spend tens of thousands of dollars. I'll teach you everything that no college could ever know. Because there's so much more to know than just publishing and networking and you know, how to manage your money. It's really, there's a lot more that you can't learn in school. And you certainly can't learn from someone that hasn't done it. Right? So you have to listen to the people that have done the things you're trying to do. Those are the people that are going give to give you the real game. And by the way, there's a lot of people on the internet too that are out here trying to yeah, I'll teach you how to win in the music business, but like, what have you won at doing, right? It's like, so like, you know, maybe they can help you with your digital marketing. That's one thing, great. Maybe they can help you understand publishing more. Cool, one thing, great. But like, what you'll get from my book is kind of, a, and I have a 65 video course for how to win big in the music business. That's also free. And the reason why I created, Yo Gotti's in there, Grammy, Grammy winning, you know, engineers are in there, like Spotify playlisters are in there. Like, it's all free. And that's on my YouTube, but the link's in my Instagram, at Clinton Sparks. And I did that because I actually give a shit. Yeah, and free, I, yeah. Yeah, and I want people to win. I really want the world to be a better place. And if I want the world to be a better place, it starts with helping making people better. And if I can make them better by giving them the information that'll make them have a better, happier life, in turn, the hope is, they now make the world better, right? So that's why it's all free. Um, but what I would say is the internet is your best friend. So use the internet, don't let it use you, um, is how I would say to an artist. And there's so many free ways to build your brand and market and build an audience and spend time on the internet. Don't just be like in the studio, post something, and be like, yo, we're about to drop this new shit. It's posted. Yo, follow me on all, all socials and hit my new record. And you're sitting there like, damn, why aren't my streams going up? Because you ain't fucking going up, bro. You're sitting there thinking your music is good enough and all of a sudden the world's going to find it. Dude, Spotify and these things are the world's biggest warehouse with millions of shelves that have millions and millions and millions of songs on it. And your shit is on the back shelf of shelf 1,627,000 behind 300,000 other records. How the fuck are we going to find that or know that it exists? Like right? That. And it's like, it's your job to now figure out how to market how to go DM people, find artists that are similar to you, look at the people that are engaging and commenting, then DM them. Hey man, I heard you like, what is it, Big X? Big X the plug. I heard you like Big X the, the plug. I'm also from Dallas. Scene's starting to pop here. Check my music out. Now you're gonna get, even if you get one out of 10 people that are like, oh word, let me check it out. Like everybody wants instant like fans and fame. Dude, one fan a day. Like just fucking grow, it's patience. That friend's gonna become a fan. Tell three of his friends. Before you know it, a year goes by, that one fan grew into 100 fans, 1,000 fans, 5,000 fans. Everyone needs a million, right? There's so many artists out here that are making more money than all of us with 10,000 fans because they know how to engage them. They know how to market them. They know how to monetize them. These are all the things that you need to learn. It's much more than making a song that you think is dope and that everyone else should think is dope now too. Part of being dope is understanding how to do the dope work.
to get people to see that what you have is presumably dope. Man, uh, so much a wealth of knowledge, man. I, we could be here all day, but you got things to do. You're in I Dallas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got things to do. You're in Dallas, man. You're about to. You've already shaken it up already since you've been here, and you got more things to do and uh, get around. Uh, for those that do want to follow you, get the book, uh, see what you got going on, see your accolades. Because again, we didn't even touch on the accolades, but you have way too many to even mention here. Uh, how can they follow you? How well, can you know, they... we probably should. We probably should say that real quick from yeah. the beginning. <laughs> I don't know if you guys only because yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna only because like if I'm a kid, I'm like, why the fuck would I listen to this guy? I don't even know why. There you, know you what go. I'm saying? So uh, I'm a Grammy-nominated, multi-platinum producer, songwriter, DJ, sold over 80 million records, worked with everybody from Rick Ross to 2 Chainz to T.I., Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kanye, Ludacris, Akon, Pitbull, Big Sean, uh, Beyonce, Lady Gaga. Um, I, I discovered and signed DJ Snake, if you know who he is. Uh, introducing a Little John, we turned down for what? All those records popped off. Uh, you know, I was part of Eminem Shade 45. I was P. Diddy's tour DJ. I built the world's biggest mixtape website. It was called MixUnit.com. Um, on and on and on. So like I've done, I've built a multiple multi-million dollar businesses and brands and broke a lot of artists. So uh, you should probably listen to what I have to say when it comes to winning in the music business. There you go. Um, for any of those... Uh, there goes your little plug for the... No, that, that, that's, that, that's perfect. We're using that. We're using that right there. That, that, that's the intro? Yeah, that's the intro. All right, yeah, we're yeah, right, right, right into it. Right into it. Um, any shout outs you want to give to anybody who just kind of helped you on this journey that, you know, may be watching? This is a real, this is a real life street show. Yes. Shout outs on a podcast. Shout, uh, shout outs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Y'all want to shout out my man when he was yeah, young? Yeah, Grammy speech, Grammy speech. Him, like, my man Pookie. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, no, you know, if, if I wanted to shout anybody out, the people that have helped me know who they are. Uh, we have our own uh, relationship and we celebrate each other. Who I'd like to shout out is the people that take the time to watch stuff like this and take their life serious and are willing to put in the effort and the work and make their life better. And in turn, while doing that, when they do that, not well, when they do that, repaying the favor to help other people to win. Not while you're doing it. Stop trying to act like you got all the answers while you're still trying to figure them out and show somebody else. Man, let me show you how you can win. Man, you're still trying to win. Go win first and then go help other people win. But anyways, I shout out people that actually are committed, that make the plan, that have the patience, and uh, that do good work, consistent quality work, and uh, I like about, that. care about making their lives better. Well, thank you, man. We already know what it is, man. We have him on the couch, man. We have to say it. Uh, Clint Sparks, man, get familiar all the way. If you're not familiar, uh, you get familiar. And uh, you are an alumni now, man. You have and you are been a real-life street star, man. Get familiar. We salute it. Let's go. Hey. Shout out real street stars, nigga. Moolah. Hey.